0: Let's face
2: it. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It. It is December the 13th, 2015. We're your hosts on Will Strayhorn.
0: And Alicia Brown.
2: What's going on, Alicia? How are you doing?
0: I am doing wonderful. How are you?
2: I am tired. I finally had a weekend where I was completely, completely Um booked. Uh, my whole schedule was I'm just finishing probably about thirty five minutes ago. This is the last thing on my agenda for the week weekend and I am worn out. I am complete I don't see how you stay so busy, but I am completely worn. I'm too old for this. I'm just too I was gonna tell
0: it. you, welcome to the club.
2: Um <laughs>
0: Well you know what? We we did things in reverse order this weekend then. Well, what did you, you know I know I, you I didn't was something easy. wrong. I did, I did, I, I really, I, I, I can't say I completely shut things down, uh-huh. but I, I did. I had to listen to the Holy Spirit, and I had mm-hmm. to, just you know, you still work the business in and the brand in, but sometimes you just have to take some extra moments for yourself for you burn out. So I did that this weekend, and it was just beautiful. What
2: We're going have business.
0: to do that more often. It was, it was just, I, I would say anything cool. you want to share. <laughs> See, there you go. I will share. You know, I always say I am just the most blessed person in the whole world um, because it—it it, it just the expressions of love this entire week, and mm-hmm. you know, some some reconnections, family, friends, acquaintances, the whole nine yards. It was just beautiful. Sometimes you really don't know what difference you're making in other people's lives. Exactly. Um, and, and how you know people. I want to say reverence to you. I, I, I leave that to God, but how people hold you in such high regard and, you know, share the impact that you're having on their life. And that's just awesome. And, you know, we're coming into a, a brand-new year soon. It just really gives you that, re- re- that recharge um, for moving forward into 2016. So it was a beautiful week. I'm just going to say that. That's what I'll share. Well,
2: that's good. That's good. I Hallelujah. had, starting from... Starting from Friday, I was rushing to finish finals, so um everything is completed for this semester. Yay. I finally get a chance to break. I think prayerfully, I think I would end up with three A's and a B in my courses um, I won all oh a's, a's, but this one class is like i know I know I'm not gonna get it, but if I can get that B, I'll be just as happy um finish the that then of course saturday i did i did forty three alone I did forty three faces um beautiful a beautiful little girl young kids. And then I did um Latrice Carter. She produced a play called um the Nut the Nutcracker, um, all yeah. Jazzed up. Which was like a R and B hip hop. It was really fun. She's a really talented woman. Did her face and then I sent one of my um former students to do it today because today Nate and I we started um our two thousand and sixteen class from the um from our makeup academy that we have. So we have okay. four young ladies who are in there coming as far as Northern Virginia, I think she's from Alexandria who will be coming for the next four months as we train them to be freelance makeup artists. And then in the end of the night with my girl, um Paula B her birthday party was
3: tonight. Yes.
2: So Nikki and I went over there and um I'm not a big Caribbean food eater, so I really just had cake. Really? She had a all oh, you can eat Caribbean food and everything. Yeah, I didn't get anything. I just ate cake. And and that was it. Then I okay, rushed. Okay.
0: That was balanced. All right.
2: Well, hey, all right. yeah, I love Ain't cake. that nice? I love cake. Looking forward nice to, to our um, holiday event next week because I have oh, really I ordered right. a very nice cake for us. I can't wait to eat it by myself.
0: Did you order it from that? <laughs> eat it by yourself. Did you order yeah. it from that baker that made your birthday cake?
2: Yes, I did. Hallelujah. How do you
0: know about my birthday cake? I'm um, what there? I was there. You oh, know what, Okay, you, fight. Okay, you know what, old, see, I thank you, girl. Jesus, for the love I have <laughs> for my real inner circle. Oh, you know me. what, let, let me, me just bring on the co-host. Please since do. You know, apparently, he don't remember when people was at his, <laughs> you know what, see, that's how they do you, Lord. That's how they do. That's why that's the song say, what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, my but gosh. our beautiful cast and crew, how was your weekend
4: Girl, this is hey, the worst weekend of my life. Do you hear me? Oh my
0: God.
4: <laughs> I, I was oh my waiting goodness. for y'all to check the hell up so I could tell y'all that this is the worst weekend of my life.
3: You uh. oh, can't hold the phone.
4: Oh, you want to share? I don't. Okay. <laughs>
3: Do you, I it
4: today, right? Just and, you know, and it really upset me that I dropped my phone Because I paid my tithes in church today mm. And God was supposed to open up a window <laughs> And I pour can't. down the blessings That I wouldn't have room enough to receive
2: And that was um, going to happen the day I was, that you
4: did it, right? I, that's what I thought I thought that's how it <laughs> okay. happened You
0: know what, done. I received that Nate. <laughs> I received that I really did And then here
4: uh, I am, I, sitting I here with this little dumb retarded phone oh, And I can't, people texting me I don't want to ask who this So I just won't text oh, them back Then people calling me I, what, what, what am I supposed to do? I'm so sorry. I can't get anybody to
3: transfer my
4: contacts in I'm just having a bad day And then you and Alicia going to hog up The first half of the show with all this talking Oh my god That's
0: what I love yeah. I'd
4: like to apologize For my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So,
0: honey, it's better out than in. So praise him,
4: <laughs> glory.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you got that off your chest. I- I'm
4: so Yeah, I'm feeling a little
0: yeah.
4: better now. You know, I feel like I what can run on doing? and see what the end gonna be now. Go ahead, <laughs> run on, baby. Run on.
3: Yeah. What about you,
4: Danielle? How was your weekend?
5: <laughs> oh, oh, I had
3: a I long. I
2: thought you were everywhere.
5: Weekend. Oh, it started off on Capitol Hill.
2: Yeah. And, and that I remember was so a
5: experience. I tell you. I but know. then the next day, it. my sister said, You should probably stay for a party. I was like, mm, I'm old. I don't really do parties anymore. She was like, No, this is a party you don't want to miss. So I was like, Okay, I'm going to stay, go to your party. So we go to a Black Lives Party. And the objective of the party is for them to hang and have a good time, but it was a party for a call. Well, before we even got there, the police were posted up outside. Before the party even started, they were there. And then once it started, we continued to see police. They even, I'm sure, took a picture of me as I got out of the car. and oh, went father. Into the house. And I was like, oh, why are they taking I'm confused. What's going on here? So I get inside. I'm expecting this to be just crazy. These is conscious black folk chilling with the live band. They got to ID people before they get a drink and a house party because they're concerned about what might happen to them with the police. What? It was crazy. And I mean, I talk about it tonight, and I had some other really big things happen, like Capitol Hill. And I'm not even really mm-hmm. talking about that. I'm talking about the
0: Black Lives Party because I'm feel <laughs> some
5: type of way.
0: I'm feeling that so in your spirit.
5: Alicia, I have been to some hood parties. where we probably need about the SWAT team to appear. And you can't find me. a police officer. Exactly. Now, this chill party, I mean chill party, we, every time you looked outside, you saw a police car going by, the van going by, them standing across looking at us. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, I felt some type that of way about you. that. In the
0: interest mm-hmm. of fairness, mm-hmm. you know that when y'all black people with the Black Lives
5: Movement get together, mm-hmm. you know yeah. you guys are mm-hmm. problematic. Yeah, know, we plight. Because all you do is yeah. riots, you know.
0: Definitely.
5: So. We plotting. We plight on a good
0: time with a live it, band. Mm, I tell you. Y'all riled Y'all can't control yourself. So, it's see, ridiculous. the police taking precautions before y'all yeah, they get some cast all right. But anyway,
2: so, so I wish somebody video
3: take that. Jesus, why not?
4: Mm,
2: what about you,
4: Jay? How was your weekend? Uh oh, My weekend was very laid back. Just work, nothing major, you know. I keep telling you, I don't live an exciting life. I just boy, bye. I get on fa- I just get on Facebook and I live vicariously through all of your stories and all of your postings and all of your house <laughs> parties, and I just say, God. I just wish I could click my heels and just, you know, make it to Wonderland or something like Alice. You know, I just, I, I really, you know, no one wants me. I'm single. It's the holidays. What can I do but <laughs> drink and just be married? Well, but what's the wrong with that?
0: Oh my goodness.
4: Woe is me. It's just me and it's just me and the dog, and even she's tired of me. Oh. Shit,
3: oh. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness.
4: No, but the weekend was just It, it just it just incorporated a lot of work And that's all, nothing major, you know
0: This, this weekend He'll be doing some faboo thing next weekend
4: Excuse mm-hmm. me I did not ask you to interview This is my <laughs> segment
5: <laughs> That's why I love Mr. Uh,
0: oh my
4: God Hello, people are listening <laughs> They don't need to call that <laughs> I would like to surprise the people God, you just blew my cover, just forget it Oh, God, Help me. Oh, I cannot do the rest
0: of this show
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Nega
0: outburst, got outburst, Lord uh, have Let's go what... to um, a very interesting topic Okay Um, I'm sure most of you have seen this um, Social media was all abused with you know, it's the holiday season, it, it's common for people to take this time and start complaining about, you know, certain people, it's all materialism, blah, 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 blah. But a 27-year-old British mom got slammed on social media. I mean, absolutely slammed, because she bought her three children 300 Christmas presents. She shared the photo of her Christmas tree on Instagram, and you could barely see the tree behind the huge pile of presents.
3: Um, mm.
0: I think that photo went viral with over 50,000 shares. You know, people were saying all types of comments, as you can imagine. But with all of those presents, I mean 300 presents divided by three children, it's hard to believe that her children would truly appreciate all of them or even remember them years later. So the question is, what Christmas present do you remember the most from your childhood?
4: Um. My Barbie
0: doll. I'm sorry, Will was um, coughing. You said you're what?
4: My Barbie doll. You know, I, I've always liked to play oh my things of that name. Let me quick. You know, that, that's the typical, you know, saying that we all like to do with Barbie
3: dolls.
4: Uh, so I actually it was there. <laughs> no, no Barbie dolls for me. a Ken doll, but anyway, maybe a Ken doll. But um, anyway, um. It was a walkie-talkie. I just wanted walkie-talkie so bad, and I was so excited to get my walkie-talkie. Okay. I thought it was a. I thought it was the best thing to life, and then I realized that, that you know that wasn't real. This was just a walkie-talkie. If no one's on the other end talking to you. <laughs> but
5: Okay. <laughs> oh well, I, I would have to say it's. I'm torn between a Cabbage Patch doll and my oh, brother's. Um, <laughs> Uh, he had this little four-wheeler truck thing that he got for Christmas Came yeah. became my toy. And, um, yeah, How and I used become to be like, uh, because I was like, look, you can't go fast. Let me show you. Let me show you.
1: And gave the toy.
5: Yeah, so it's between them two toys. It wasn't necessarily mine, but, you know, you know, I, mm. I helped him out with it. I helped him out a little bit. So, so mm. thoughtful of you.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: What
0: about you, Nate or Will?
4: For me, it would have to be. I used to have a hobby horse that I used to like as well. Um, but I used to have a. I used to be really big into remote control cars. Yes. Yeah, I used to love love remote control cars. I even remember I used to be so in love that my parents were in love too. That half of the remote control cars would be broke Christmas because they would be playing with them the night oh. before. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but I used to have a hobby <laughs> horse that I used to I used to really love my hobby horse. Up until I was, you know, of age to not even be hobbying on the horse but it was still nice. <laughs> well hobby horse. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> For me, I don't I can't I even remember
2: the stuff. I used to just look and just say, I want this, want this, want this. I can't even remember I do remember oh there was a robot it was like a three foot robot that was really popular that I got and I don't I don't even remember playing with it. But I do remember I got the robot and all my friends liked the robot. And that's it. I almost didn't get the robot because I didn't do good in school and my mom wasn't oh. gonna give it to me. But my grandmother talked to her and told her that uh. she should go ahead and give it to me but it was Christmas. So I do remember, I remember the robot. That's it. That's all I remember. Okay.
0: (laughs) I'm going to answer this, and you guys are not going to laugh at me.
2: Okay. Okay. I'll try.
0: (laughs) See, okay. Um, I remember this. (laughs) I think it might have been the first Christmas present I got. Um... And I'm really perplexed, especially since it came from my grandparents Why they would pick this. But I guess, you know, they were older people. It was the time. I remember it was a porcelain Princess Diana doll. And I'm sure I have it somewhere. I don't remember. Um, I just thought it was so neat. Because I remember when I was younger, I would see, like, other people, you know, like if you went to, like, older people's houses and they had the little antique dolls and the display case and they had them with the pretty frilly dresses and all of that good stuff. And this was, like, my first, you know, everybody has Barbies and all that good stuff. But this was, like, the first porcelain doll that resembled anything like those ones I've seen. So I just thought it was, like, the neatest gift in the whole world. I mean, I wasn't all that um, you know, excited about Princess Diana or anything, but I just thought it was an eight doll because it was porcelain. So I, I will always remember that. And it was something, you know, to me, it was a precious little dainty thing. So, so you ain't get no regular stuff No. No, no. It's a long story, so I won't go into that so one. So you've been
4: deep all your life. <laughs> 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 this yeah. is nothing new for her.
3: That could be the story that we
4: print. I I don't,
0: I'm going to say reality. That's not true. But, yeah, we can go with that one. We can go with that angle. That sounds good. I've been deep all my life. Yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, since we're talking about the holidays anyway, this Mm -hmm. is another holiday example of how it's the little things that warm your heart. Um, This is about the Stewart family. And, And last year, Stewart's friends lost their father unexpectedly. And this was the first Christmas they were coming back inside their home without, you know, the children's father and the beloved husband. And they were a family that was always giving back to the community, um, giving back to just everybody. Uh, So the community got together. Uh, This guy named Stuart, he enlisted the help of his mom, his brothers, his friends, volunteers. They got together and literally from... The second you opened the front door outside, they shoveled the driveway, they brought brand-new appliances, they set up this gorgeous Christmas tree, strung lights, and then they filled the home with beautiful ornaments and decorations. Um, Of course, you can imagine when the wife and the children came home, they were just blown away by the community's outreach and the surprises they had. But then they topped it off because um, the mother had been saving To buy a monument for her husband's grave Um, But at the last moment The home had roof damage That she had to repair So she couldn't buy the monument So the community got together And they actually went down To the place Put the money on the account So that she could go And pick out whatever monument She wanted for his grave So with this holiday season What special things Do you have planned Or you can think of as a way to bless others in your community or just others overall?
4: Well, now, You know what I would like to do this season that I really wanted to do for Thanksgiving, but the spirit of sleep took over? I would love the opportunity to go and feed the homeless. Uh, that's sweet. I, I can't do that one, though. It's no, hard. not me feed, not me cooking, but I'm saying oh, like okay, a, okay. a soup work.
5: kitchen and help. Yeah, yeah, help. I love that
4: idea. I love yeah. that
5: idea.
4: You exactly. know what? <laughs> not me, definitely not me. Because if I had to feed them, it were going to be like two people. All right,
0: I'm out.
5: <laughs> Nate. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm doing something a little different this year. Uh it was before Thanksgiving, actually. Um, someone that I went to school with, uh, we're not really close. I'm not going to say her name because I don't i don't want to. But anyway, um, we're friends on Facebook, and she posted about her struggles with trying to maintain her income and her um, health insurance going up and her having a small son with special needs, and, and she was really upset about how she just could not make ends meet. So I mm-hmm. gifted her some money. Um, and I also have decided that I'm going to uh, get her son's stuff for Christmas and ship it to her Aww. because that story, um, I was sitting and I was at the movie, movies with my kids, and we were watching some movie, and I spent all this retarded money at the movies. And I, like, scanned through her post while the commercials were on, and I was like, I'm sitting here. I just wasted money on a movie with the kids, and she's struggling. And I just yeah. want to bless her And I can't do a lot But I'm going to do a little bit So right. uh, I bless her And I'm going to um, make sure That I package a nice little package For her son to send to her um, Just because it doesn't take a lot To bless someone And I'm mm-hmm. hoping that that little bit Will show her that there are still people out here Who care And we are supposed to be a community And support each other So that's going to be my gesture for the holiday Amen
2: Truly really good um. What am I gonna do? Ah, you know what? I have been in a funk all holiday season. I have not even put my decorations it. up, which is shut up, which is yeah. um, <laughs> un, unusual for me. Um, I'm, I'm going to do them tomorrow because uh, you you all are coming for the holiday event on the 19th. But I didn't do I the salon. I didn't. I have not bought anything. Do not plan to buy anything. Um, I don't know, I'm just in a real Wait funk a minute, When I was in church today I got to go out Who, who said that?
3: I said that
2: The you lady who didn't want to Okay, we'll talk after the show <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know what I was in church today and, and pastor brought a word that Hit me, and now, you know Of course, when he hit me What was I doing in the church, y'all? Y'all should know me by now What did crying. I do? I was crying, girl <laughs> Um, If you get a chance, read Micah 7, 1 through 9. I mean, it was just it's it's turning your misery into hope. And he was just talking about how people are alone this season, um, whether Mm -hmm. you you lost somebody through death or whatever, however you feel, Um, and just how God can turn that situation around. So I was in tears. But um, I'm trying to pull myself out of this because I know my mom doesn't want to spend time with family, but... I've always liked Christmas to be with me and my partner. And, you know, I'm not in that situation this year. So I'm just trying to figure out how to do it.
4: Th- things can always change. It's all about a decision. It's all about a decision. It's a choice. It's
2: a choice. Baby, I have made that choice decision. I've tried to make it several
4: times. It's not working. It's a choice. Moving on. Anyway. Um, oh.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm done i sure. uh, Jay,
2: what's your plan? What are you doing, Jay?
4: Well, um, I have two things that I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but this is what I would like to do. These are some things that I have already done. Normally I give during the month of my birthday. I really don't give during Christmas like that. I don't really have to. Anyway, but um, what I would really like to do, if I could really afford it, I would love to. To like that week of Christmas, just like all of my loyal customers that come to me on the regular, just be like, guess what? Your hair is free. Uh-huh. You even got to pay
2: me.
4: Uh-huh. You ain't got to pay me. Because just because... Well, Jay, you know, it, it starts with the a choice lot. and a decision. You can do it. Uh-huh. I could do it. But guess what? That BB&T, when they send me in the mail, they tell me it's Come a on,
2: choice.
4: baby. Oh, my. <laughs> come on, somebody. But well, when Verizon calls me and tells me that they're about to cut me off, oh God, it was a choice. Well. They saying. it was a choice. It was a choice. Okay. There go. settle down. down. Settle down. Settle down. Let me don't get get too excited. But anyway, go on back to what I was saying. That that would be what I would love to. That would be what I love to do because you know, at the end of the day, it was a choice, a decision for them to come see me, and they they had right. so many other hairstylists and they chose me, and some have been kicking with me ten plus years. I mean, you know, and, and I think that that is amazing. And if I could really just say, listen, you know what, go ahead. This is on me. I would love to do that. But I have here lately I've done little things that, um, like, I may be in I may be in the line getting food, and I may be like, you know what, whatever her bill is, just put it to this. It may be just be $20. I don't know what the bill is. Or mm-hmm. I may just – it's just stuff that I do. I could be in the line – and be like, you know what, pay that person behind me. If you already tell me what their bill is, I'll just pay for it. And I'll go, I don't even know who they are. But that's just sometimes if it falls on my heart to do that, that's what I'll do. But I don't mind giving. Okay. I just don't, yeah.
2: Well, you know, I like giving,
4: you know. Okay.
2: What about you, so, Alicia? Yeah. What are you doing?
0: Well, it's sort of two-part because there's the stuff that you do, I don't want to say out of ritual But, you know, when you're connected to different organizations and uh, projects and things like that, you typically will pick some type of charity or some type of effort to give back. Um, So I know we've done a lot of things already. You know, sometimes it's a sock drive for the homeless. Um, Sometimes it's like the toiletry drives and things. um, So you can give, you know, at shelters and things like that, so people have that. And we normally do like a Christmas card drive. Um, for military people who are not going to be home, um, you know, just to let them know someone's thinking of them. Also, you know, cards for the nursing home and just different places like that as well. Um, But outside of that, you know, I always feel like there's something more you can do. Um, So just trying to really make contacts and connections with those in your life who you know, um, you know, are widows, some people that you know that recently have lost Loved ones, you know, this year, have lost them last year, and maybe this is the first Christmas where you don't have that person there. Um, Just trying to make sure that they are included and you've checked on them and that you're showing them a little bit of extra love and attention during the season. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people are just really depressed, really depressed, especially when they look at other people. You know, this person has finances to do this. I don't have that. Maybe I want to buy more for my family, but I I can't. Or maybe, you know, one of the partners lost a job. So we're trying to, you know, figure out how we're going to make ends meet. And, you know, we have the pressure of Christmas and gifts and, you know, what have you. So just trying to show that special attention and making sure that, you know, the people you're connected to and then others in the community, making sure that they are okay. And see if there's anything you can do. Sometimes it may just be a visit or a kind word, um, bringing them a meal, just checking on them to make sure they're okay, and know that someone is thinking of them this holiday season. Amen. So, so those are my plans. But before I mean, we go, you're to just commercial, the
4: modern day Mother Teresa, you know? I, no,
0: no, <laughs> sir. Please don't put that on me. I try to live a good life and be a good person. And go as the Lord tell me, but I am far. From Mother
3: Teresa.
0: First of all, I don't even have that temperament, and I, I'm not claiming I ever will, so I'm not, yeah. But well, just to light the because y'all going to make me cry. And before we go to commercial, we did have a message from one of our viewers. Um, I'm going to apologize for one of the words that's in here. Um, but this is from Mark Johnson, and he wants <laughs> us to talk about... <laughs> See, I'm not messing with y'all. He wants us to talk about dating after divorce and 40-plus. And here's the message. 40-plus club is used to courting. Today, dating seems to be about sending nude pictures first. I'm 53, two years separated, filed for divorce. My friends want me to start dating. I have an income, not rich, and a skill. Excuse me. Oh, I love it. used. But it Don't seems use it. that but it seems that dick and money is what needs oh. to be on your ding resume. People seem not to be interested in the life history or your objectives and your beliefs and principles. Help a brother out. That's what the man say.
4: This is interesting to me. This is very interesting <laughs> to me because no th- let me tell you why I found this so interesting. Because you know, fifty-three years old. You just don't. You don't hear that. You don't hear that from that 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 type of age group. I get that all the time. It seems like that's all that it's about is a nude pic, sex, sex, sex. It's never about anything else. So to hear that from an older gentleman, that is very strange. So I guess you know, courting is dead or it's dying rapidly. Hmm. I guess we're all at a loss. My God.
0: Yeah, for what he said I do feel that because you do have people that want that courting concept or you have people that just want, you know, a relationship. However you see the dating thing what you're going in there for. But it does seem like in various age groups everybody does want to send that new pit or they want that superficial thing or whatever. And it doesn't seem like a lot of times people are able to connect with those that want the same things they want. So I know he said he's, you know, talk about dating after divorce in the 40-plus club, but, honey, sometimes that's in the 20-plus, the 30-plus, the 40, you know, all 70-plus. Um, it's just an ugly time sometimes. I'm sorry. I don't really well, have any good advice for that.
4: You have well, to sometimes speak people who are on your level sometimes. It's mm-hmm. speak those people who are somewhat on your level you know, you have it, it's, it's like the filtering process is so tedious. It's so tedious, oh, and you just yeah. don't never. And, and I and I notice, and I, I like I said, I deal with women a lot. Women can be petty and they they nitpick. Oh. Wow. Money, money. No, really, no, really, money. It's always about money, money, money. I, you know, at the oh. end of the day, it's about building an empire. Amen to that you bring the money, I bring the money, we all put into the pot. I don't want just that one person putting into the pot. It's not all Come about on. that It's not all about that man getting your nails done and your hair done, but it's also about making sure that he looks good and making sure you build his, you support him in his businesses and he can support you in doing the same, but it's yes. like those team, the teamwork active, Some, somewhere along the way the teamwork thing has, has lost track. It's all about me, 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 and it's never about us. So, uh, you know, I I I pity him and I feel sorry and I'm there with him. Who knew that a 53 year old man would be going through the same struggles as me? Wow. Mm, yeah. uh,
2: well, D- Danielle, were you going to reply? I'm sorry, I think well, I you off.
5: Well. well, it's it's kind of difficult too because um I'm I'm not over 40 yet, so I feel like uh I, I can't really give him much wisdom here. I think the only thing that I would suggest is again um, paying attention to where you're going to meet these kinds of people um, so if you're dating and you're like on certain sites then some sites are for people who just want to hook up so uh-huh. maybe you need to pay attention to uh, where you're going to find these different mates or potential mates and and like um, he was just saying find places with people who are like-minded you're gonna still have to weed through them, but you're less likely to find people who just want, as you said, money and dick.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that just—I tell you—that sent chills down my spine. <laughs> Baby, let me tell you—I thought I was the only one. I just started trembling like a whole shake just came over my body. <laughs> I can't. I It's like the Holy Ghost touched me. Ooh, bbb. <laughs> oh
2: my god. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, well for somebody who Mark? definitely is in the in the 40-plus club, um, pretty much in the same situation as Mark, I can just say from my own personal experience that, you know, the game has changed differently. I know, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say I know who Mark is. I'm, I'm a friend of Mark's. And um, I know he was married for a while. I was married, well, not really married for a while, but I was in a relationship for 16 years, and the game has really changed. Hmm. 16 years ago. So one thing that I know he and I both are experiencing is that people don't really date anymore. You don't have that, you know, I'm going to pick you up, we're going to go to the movies and dinner. Pretty much it's so let going to have coffee and then send me a nude pic. That's, that's pretty much the speed of things nowadays. <clears throat> so you, I've had to um, readjust my way of thinking, not to send nude pics, but to realize that, you know, things have changed. We're in a, we're in a new day and age, and um, that's taken quite some adjusting too. And another thing I had to do is I had to learn how to examine, re-examine my expectations. Um, I know there are certain qualities that I look for in a person and then I had to just have to say that if I want those qualities, they're not going to always show up in the form of Will Smith or they're not going to always look like Denzel Washington. Um, and to, for me, that has been a, 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 a huge struggle. I know Jay and I, before I invited him on the show, he and I had a conversation about something he thought he heard me say when I said, um, I think, what did you say? That I said something about I, something about body or something that I'm, I think you misheard me saying. But when I was younger, 16 years ago, those are things that were probably high on my list. Um, as I'm 16 years older and in a different age bracket and mindset, those things are further down on my list. So um, reexamining your mindset and, and your ex- expectations in this person that you want. Me, being at, I'm 44, I'm pretty much and I guess you would say, the the last quarter of my life, the last half of my life. Um, and all those things that I didn't want, all those things I wanted the first 44 years of my life, I could really care less about it right now. So I'm looking for somebody who, um, for longevity, somebody who's going to be there for the rest of my breathing days. Um, so I'm pretty betrothed. Hey no. I would just tell him, don't rush it. Tell, tell him not to rush it. Um, he's a very attractive young man. Um at fifty-two, doesn't look at it at all, and just not to rush it. Because for me, you know, I'm actively trying to fill this position, but I'm not rushing and I'm not taking anything. Um, the first thing that comes at me, I'm taking my time and just, you know, uh-huh. for lack of better words, enjoying the process. I don't know who said uh uh-huh. uh Was that Jay or was that Nate?
4: But, but um, wait a minute, that's what I'm doing. I don't. Wait, I I didn't like that. I didn't say uh huh. Uh-huh. That was Jay. Um, and we don't. Well, sound like sound like. Like. I'm sorry. However, but I do <laughs> like I do like the fact that you are going to enjoy your your process because I think yeah. that's what it's all about. Um, I'm not old enough to speak for that age bracket. <clears throat> However,
1: next I year uh. I would like
4: to just pray for y'all. <laughs> I would like to say a prayer for y'all. But you know I just believe that in everything. When you enjoy it, and and this is so funny because you, this is a something that you taught me, um, mm-hmm. that the thing that you chase is what eludes
2: you. eludes you. exactly,
4: yeah. And I and I believe when you enjoy the process, that's when it catches you off guard. Mhm Ah, uh, Mother by the I, you know
3: what,
2: no. talking to knowing Mark and knowing myself and so many other people who are single, I think it's just the lonely times you know while things are active and you know you're meeting people and there's somebody there that you're getting mm-hmm. to know that's fine, but it's in those times when you can reflect like he was married, and I was in a relationship there was always somebody to come home to, and you don't have those. I think those are the the, the roughest times.
4: Um, yes, you know, but then what you do I've, is, one of the things that I've been doing to get myself through, I've collected myself what I call um, a wet bar,
1: and <laughs> at this wet
4: bar, I have friends, and they meet me at this wet bar. So when what? I feel lonely, I get me a glass, and then my friends, we meet at this wet bar. Mm, so oh. Oh, hmm? oh, what does that mean? Oh, oh, I, can that can I be try be not to name them because I'll forget. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh,
0: well, I tell you what, Mr. Mark Johnson has put his picture up on our let's face it Facebook page. So, um, any of the listeners who want to know what he looks like, you can see him on our let's face it Facebook page. I just wanna
3: stay out of town?
4: No. no. What'd you say? I said, I wonder if he's willing to date out of, out of town or, like, maybe You know what? Some- well, um, well I will
2: match make for him. He's currently on the um, West Coast, but he will be relocating to the East Coast next month. Very attractive. Makeup artist. Well, he's a makeup artist. Um, very attractive. Used to model and all of that. So, you know, look him up. What is the? Look him up and they take us to commercial, yeah.
4: Well... We had a great first half of the show, so please do not miss the second half of the show. (laughs) You're listening to Let's Face It Radio with Will Strayhorn and friends. Every child needs a
5: place. A place to call home. To call home. Every child needs a place. Where they can grow up healthy. And learn. And be safe. Safe. A place where they can play. And dream. And plan for their future. In the Habitat house, my parents
3: helped build. In the Habitat house, my daddy helped build. My parents.
5: My mommy. My mommy and daddy. I study. I grow. I learn. I live. A house. a house.
6: A house. A chance. A future. A house. A chance. A future.
5: Are all in your hands. Your support can help put a decent roof. Over the heads of a family like mine. Like mine. Like mine. To learn how you can help, visit habitat.org.
4: Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org.
1: Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up? Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it.
4: When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving At feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hey, Nick Cannon here. So, of course, we all know there's lots of talent in America. But unfortunately, there's something else we've got way too much of childhood hunger. 17 million kids struggle with it in this country. But here's the thing this problem is entirely solvable. Seriously. We already produce more than enough healthy, nutritious food in this country to feed every single last one of those hungry kids. We just need a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks is out there every day gathering surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across the country. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger... Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Let's Face It. As you heard from the first part of the show, we were talking about just a lot of different issues. And so many people in life are stuck on the why. Why? Alice Bradley was a superstar in the public opinion polling field. She was one of the youngest partners ever in a prestigious Washington research firm. Her job was to listen to people and find out what they think and how they feel. She tuned into their emotional responses to get deeply in touch with their whys in life. And during those 15 years that she was rising to the very top of her field, she wasn't listening to her own air voice to discover her true emotions, to pay attention to her deepest desires, and to understand why she was so miserably stuck in her own life. Through tremendous trial and error, she finally found her way, and now she's giving other people the shortcut through her remarkable book, From Chaos to Clarity, Getting Unstuck and Creating a Life You Love, the essential quick start guide to getting your life back on track. And please help us welcome to Let's Face It, author Alex Braddy
6: and Alex how are you this evening oh I'm doing great thank you so much for having me on the show and for that wonderful introduction well awesome we're glad to have you yes, and we are. One, you know one of the questions we want to
0: ask you is where does someone start if they know that something needs to
6: change but they're not sure where to begin Oh, great question. Well, I think the first thing is the mere recognition, you know, that something has to change. That's a start. Just having that initial awareness is actually a great beginning. But, of course, to take the journey, then we have to, you know, keep taking one uh, step after another. So the next part after that initial recognition is realizing that we all have the answers already inside of us that it's Mm -hmm. not about other people and what they said or did or did not do and the things that happened to us. Yes, those are all experiences we can learn from, but we have to first acknowledge that we create our own world. We create our own experience. And so my book walks you through how to realize that and how to understand why it is all our own creation. And then once you own that, it's incredibly empowering because even though you may not like where you're at, You know, you may look at it and say, what do you mean I created this? I don't even like it. Well, actually you can look back and you can see choices and decisions that you made that led you to where you are. And often you may have been making those choices or decisions sort of on default, on autopilot, kind of going along to get along. But if you really embrace this idea that we have all the answers inside of us, that we do create our own lives, then it's incredibly empowering because you can, moving forward, then start to become a deliberate creator and be much more aware of those choices and decisions that you are making every day.
0: Awesome. I love it. You start with you first. And know you have the power to make it different.
6: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So in terms of, yeah, I mean... Sorry, I thought you were Sorry, going to say something more there. Sorry, it's a bad connection. Um, yeah, I mean, it really is about you at the end of the day, right? It's so easy to sort of look outside of ourselves and, you know, point the finger or say, well, you know, if he hadn't done that to me or she hadn't said this, then I would be in a different place right now. But truly, it is about what's inside of us. And we really do have those answers already in us, right? We often look around outside for the answer, for the solution something's going to come along and sort of, you know, solve our problem, as it were, but really, you have to start looking within. And, you know, again, sort of the book has a chapter in, the, in there that's all about that. How do you connect to that voice that you have inside you that essentially has all those answers? Because very often we're listening to that other voice, right, the negative chatter that comes uh-huh. in. I think you're probably familiar with that, right? You, you know, you have a great idea, and immediately this negative chit-chat comes in. You, what are you thinking? You can't do that. Don't be crazy. Go back to what you should be doing. Right. And we kind of we listen to that. It sounds real and it keeps us stuck in place. But there is another voice that we can listen to. And it's our true self. Uh, Some people call it their higher self or their divine self, whatever you want to call it. And it really is just about getting quiet and asking questions and listening for the answers because they are in there and they are in that real true self place so it's really about connecting to that or in a lot of cases reconnecting to it because so many of us have become disconnected from that part of ourselves but that's where all the goodness is that's where all the answers are that you're looking for to your burning questions all right Wow. Well, well.
2: hi alex this is will how are you doing
6: I'm great, Will. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. So, let me first say that you have clearly found your calling. But, and you know, you were able to make it to the top of your field, quit your job, financially secure without having to, you know, line up any other type of secondary work. But, what do you say to those people who don't have that luxury, you know, who may be living paycheck to paycheck?
6: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I was fortunate enough to take some time out before embarking on my new found path and calling. But I do know that that's not the case for many people. And I know how I believe me, I've been there too, live in paycheck to paycheck. So I know how that is. And of course, you're not going to just quit your job and then sort of, you know, take all this time out and figure out what you want to do. It's just not a reality for you. Right. So, I mean, what I say there is kind of three things. Right. It's You know, you don't have to do it all at once, right? That's the first thing to recognize is that it's all about incremental change and starting to just bring into your life things that bring you more joy and fulfillment, right? If you're really stuck, if you're really, you know, if you're burned out, if you're overwhelmed, if you're anxious, I mean, whatever is going on in your life, You know, the key there is to sort of look at, okay, what do I actually love to do? What do I actually enjoy doing? And it doesn't mean you've got to suddenly then go figure out how to make money doing that, right? I mean, I think people think that when they figure out their calling, they suddenly have to make that their source of income. And Mm -hmm. that's really not the case, right? I mean, your calling can come in many different ways. It could be a hobby that you absolutely love. It could mean getting involved in a charity or a cause that you feel passionately drawn to. And it's really about what sparks motivation and desire within you. So, you know, if you kind of look at your situation and say, well, you know, what makes me really... um, excited what i love to do is you know spending time with animals i love my dog and it just brings me so much passion and, and joy well maybe you can bring that into your life some more can you go volunteer at your local animal rescue for an hour a week right i mean bring it in piece by piece and the beauty of doing that is that you get to ex Explore different things, right? So that you're not in this place where, okay, I think I'm, gonna, I want to do this, and I'm just suddenly going to leap into it, but I haven't really tried it on. I just think I like it and I'll, I'll enjoy it. Sometimes when we actually do try on these things that we think we love or we're passionate about, we it, it turns out that we don't actually love them that much, right? It's sort of like, uh, well, actually, I like my dog, but I'm not really into other people's dogs. right? <laughs> So you get to try it on, and that's so helpful because you can rule out things that don't work for you. Um, You can start to sort of ramp up on things that you do love. So that's sort of the first thing. is like realize your calling doesn't have to be a source of income. It can simply be bringing in a place of joy into your life, having sort of an oasis in your week where you spend time doing whatever you want. And I think the other two things are, you know, the other part of it is, you need to commit a little time every day just to the subject of you, just to your own personal development. And I'm not talking about locking yourself in a room for an hour or some amount of time that is not manageable. I'm talking 10 minutes. And take that time to do your inner work, to examine what do I want? You know, if I don't like what's in my life right now, then what is it that I do want? Right, And start getting in touch with yourself again in terms of, like I was saying earlier, like connecting to that true self that you have where all those answers are. And just do that. Just take five, ten minutes every day because that's all it takes. Now, the third part, of course, is you've got to be consistent right? I mean, I'm not talking about, okay, take 10 minutes today and then forget about it until next Sunday. No, no, no. You've got to do it every day because it has a compound effect, right? Those little things we do every single day, they build on one another. And when you can exactly. do something positive for yourself, for your personal development every day, it will build over time. I mean, just after one month, you'll look back and you'll be in a whole different place. It really does have an amazing effect.
4: Wow. Hi, Alex. Hi. How are you doing tonight? This is Nate.
6: Oh, hi, Nate. You got a whole group going on. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know,
4: like Will was saying, you know, sometimes when you're when you are working paycheck to paycheck, you can get kind of just stuck in a position. But how do you muster up that courage to leave a high-paying job, especially when it's the only thing you've ever done professionally in your life?
6: Well, for me personally, I mean, and everybody has their own story, right? But I realized I was literally living Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And it was like I was a hamster on a wheel, right? I, just, I was burned out, I was miserable in this life I created for myself. And it got to the point where I knew something absolutely had to change because it got to the point where I literally was asking myself, do I want my life to look like this in 10 or 20 years or 30 years? And every time I thought of that, I wanted to get into the fetal position. And if those are the thoughts that are going through your head or you're having those kind of images like I was – Something is not quite right. <laughs> I mean, something has to change, right? So that's when I essentially started on my own journey of self discovery. I started seeing a life coach, and I started to essentially you know embrace this concept that I actually was creating. This life that I didn't enjoy, and that was a mm-hmm. that was a bitter pill to swallow at the beginning. I mean, I did not enjoy hearing that or wrapping my head around it. But once I did, once I started to understand what that truly meant, like I said earlier, it was incredibly empowering, and I was able to uncover a lot of sort of the limiting beliefs I've been walking around with that essentially were the place from which I was making some of my choices and decisions to create my life. Right, but I wasn't aware that I had these limiting beliefs. I didn't know that those were what were sort of guiding me to do what I was doing. So I was able to op- you know, uncover those, essentially reprogram a lot of them. And once I did that, I really did understand then I had the power to create my life the way I wanted it. And that's when I knew I could not stay where I was. Because with that knowledge, with that new understanding, I mean, what was I going to do with that? Just forget it? and stay where I was, I mean, you cannot put that genie back in the bottle. It was out. And so once that genie was out of the bottle, it truly was time for me to just step out of what felt like darkness for me and into the light and start building a life that truly worked for me, that truly made me want to get up in the morning and kind of grab life and be engaged again.
5: Wow. Alex, this is Danielle, and... um as as I'm listening to you, it, it mirrors my, my story, except uh, I had a health condition that caused me to transition into a purpose-filled life. And um, as I'm listening to you, it, it, I think that it feels like people are conditioned to think that a, posi- a professional position is your purpose, and that's not necessarily the case. And you discuss transitioning your thought process and your mindset. And once you made that shift, you placed it into a book. Why did you choose to create a book to share that message instead of any other medium or platform to share share your message?
6: Well, I wanted to put everything in one place in terms of the process that I use to get on stock right and I mean that's so that that's in the whole title of the book, right from Chaos to Clarity getting unstuck and creating a life you love. And as I was going through my journey, I mean at the beginning, I, you know, like many of us do, we feel like we're alone. I'm the only person mm-hmm. in the whole world experiencing this. And then as you start to move through it and you become more aware, you realize that tons of people
1: <laughs> have yeah. those
6: feelings, right? And I realize that so many of us get stuck at some point in our lives, and I hear it all the time now as a coach from my clients and also when I'm out talking with groups, when I'm speaking, and And so many people find themselves with these feelings of frustration and anxiety about where their life is headed, and they just don't know how to change it. And so since I had felt all those feelings and I had been in that stuck place, I wanted to then write a book that addresses that issue head on and provides Uh a roadmap for how to get unstuck and take back control So others could get their life moving in the direction they wanted, right? So it was really about I wanted to help empower people who, you know, are feeling burned out or stuck or frustrated and to show them that they actually, there is another way, right? You don't have to keep going along because you feel you should because you're stuck in that place. There is a way to actually unstick and start moving again and moving in the, and most importantly, of course, moving in the direction that you want to.
5: Mm-hmm. How, how is from chaos to clarity different from all the other thousands of self-help books that, that they're already out there
6: i love that question because it's so it's such a great question it's like yeah there's five million you know self-help books out there already thanks for the extra one you know do we really need it uh well the way i i like to talk about it is this i feel like Several books look at sort of one specific aspect of personal development, and that is great if you are already on your path, if you're ready to take a deep dive into one topic. But if you're sort of just starting out um, or you're not even sure where to begin or even why you are stuck and cannot get moving again, my book really is the place to begin because it's a soup to nuts guide. It literally provides this roadmap for how to identify what's keeping you stuck, which, by the way, may not be what you think it is, right? It's uh-huh. sometimes there are things going on under the surface that you're not aware of. So really getting to the root of what's ca- you know keeping you stuck, where it came from, how you can change it, and then better yet, of course, how you can move to a place where you truly are getting in touch with what you actually want and then creating that plan and action steps to truly start creating that life that you desire.
4: Hi, Alex. This is Nathaniel. Hey. Hey, how are you? And I'm, I'm you know I'm reading this title Getting Unstuck and Creating a Life You Love and I you know I repeat this to myself over and over again and I thought I thought about myself and I I thought about sometimes when I I tell myself I'm not enough I'm not enough I'm not enough how does this not enough syndrome play into being stuck in life and how would how would one overcome it
6: Oh, it's yeah. Isn't that one that we all grapple with, right? I mean, my big one, my big ones were that I wasn't good enough or smart enough, and they are limiting and deeply held beliefs that keep us stuck and afraid to step out of our comfort zone. And what happens is we end up just sort of playing it safe and living the same old, same old because we don't believe in our sou- ourselves and our own power. And one of the most simple but effective things you can do with those limiting beliefs is literally turn them on their head and ask the opposite, what if I am good enough? What if I am smart enough? And that sounds way too simple, but so many of us never even stop to contemplate that possibility because we default into the self-doubt. We default into the negativity, and yet we've never thought for a moment, oh, well, gee, what if I am good enough? And frankly, it's true, right? We are all good enough just as we are. And if you're having trouble with that, I mean, just look for evidence of success in your life where you were good enough or smart enough or talented enough or whatever that enough is for you. Because I can assure you that when you look back in your life, there are many instances you can point to to say, yeah, you know what? That Yeah, I really knocked it out of the ballpark there. I really crushed it, you know, and we all have those positive instances. So look at those and look for them as proof or evidence, if you like, in helping you to believe you are good enough just as you are because it really is about changing that mindset and seeing it from the other side instead of just living in that default place of, oh, it's not enough, I'm not enough. Uh, You know, it's not good enough, whatever it is. You can flip that on its head and turn it around and start to think of it from the other side and look for those success stories because you have them. They're there. It's just that you're not necessarily focusing on them. And that's where you want to send your energy is to those and not those other places where it's like, yeah, but it didn't work out when I did this, that, or the other. Well, sure. I mean, we all have those stories, right, and we learn from them and move on. But focus on the success stories because that then puts your mind in a whole different place and you do start to realize that you are good enough, you are smart enough, you are talented enough.
4: Would you say to embark on this journey of overcoming this and, and I guess, you know, getting unstuck, would you say changing your whole surrounding as far as people, um, different surroundings, Possibly even that job that that you were not happy with, and 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 starting off doing something that you really truly love to do.
6: Well, I, you know, with that, I think it's a little bit of yes and no, right? So I think it absolutely has to start with you, because and here's the no part of of my answer to you. The no is, you know, very often it's easy for us to say, God, I hate my job. I hate where I'm at. I'm just quitting it, and I'm just going to do something else, right? But the truth of the matter is, wherever you go, you're taking yourself with you. So whatever issues you have going on, whatever limiting beliefs you're carrying around with you, right, whatever not-enough self-sabotaging beliefs you have deep in your your subconscious – they're not staying behind at that old job you just quit. They're traveling with you wherever you go. And so you can find yourself in a pattern where it's like, hey, no matter where I go, I seem to have the same things happen. It's just different players and different scenery. So you absolutely must start with you. That's where it starts. Then, you know, once you've been working on yourself, you become much more self-aware. Then you can take a, a deeper look at, okay, is it really this job? Is it really my environment, or am I actually creating a different version of it now that I am aware of what's going on with me? I'm working on me, right? So I would say, no, don't, don't, just don't change your environment and expect that everything's going to change for you, because unless you do your inner work, nothing's really going to change. Now the yes part to, the, uh, to your question is, I do think it's important who you choose to spend your time with. Right. And I think it's Jim Rohn. He's a, a incredibly famous motivational speaker. He says, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And it's so true. If you look around the people that you spend your time with, are they lifting you up? Are they inspiring you? Are they supporting you? Are they encouraging you to follow your dreams? Or are they pulling you down? Are they a source of negativity in your life? Are they essentially part of why you're staying stuck because you're listening to them and their desire for you is that you just stay in your little pigeonhole right over here and don't get too fancy on me, right? So Uh I do think that that is worth looking at. Um, You know, who are you spending your time with? And is it lifting you up or is it dragging you down? And if you look at the people in your life and, and say, wow, I'm surrounded with negativity, then maybe you do have changes to make in terms of, you know, I'm not saying you cut people out of your life, but maybe you choose to spend less time with some of those negative people, right? Maybe you choose to, you know, sort of open up a new uh, set of friends or a new set of acquaintances that are more positive, that are more in tune with where you're headed in following your dreams. So it's a little of both, but it absolutely starts with you because unless you work on you, nothing's going to change. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely such um
0: good advice, um Alice that you're just giving us. We we love it. Um because you're really pointing to, you know, it's a lot of the basic things. Um you have to go back to basics first in order to really identify these things and move forward. Um but your book also talks about this reprogramming process. Um can anyone do that and doesn't it take
6: more than just a simple process to retrain our thoughts yeah and and this is for me i this that chapter in my book about the reprogramming process for me that's the pivotal part of all of this that's the pivotal chapter in the book and what it addresses really is that we all have these subconscious beliefs that i that are like a program that we're running on right and sometimes we don't even know it cuz of course it's in our subconscious so think of it like a computer You use the desktop applications, and you don't really think much beyond that. But underneath all of it is the operating system that makes everything work, right? Nothing's going to work unless that operating system's there. But we don't really think too much about it. Our subconscious beliefs are essentially our operating program. And unless we become aware of them and assess whether they're serving us well, we can stay stuck in place or in a pattern of behavior. And so the process I have in the book is really quite simple, but you're right that it takes more than just sort of, you know, reading through it, right? It requires a Uh good deal of commitment to actually work through the steps, to do the exercises that I have in there, and the inner reflection. And I know, I mean, it can be uncomfortable to look at this subconscious operating system, and it can be challenging to release some of those programs you may have been running on for decades, but anyone can do it um and you know essentially like the the chapter i have in there it walks you through how to do this in a very simple and step-by-step way so it's you know the first part is essentially you know showing you how to identify what those limiting beliefs are right and the you know the Mm -hmm. first time you do this are you going to identify all of them heck no right you'll the big ones will come (laughs) up right and then it's looking at where did they come from because very often, you know, these things come in at childhood because that's, you know, we're little sponges when we're kids, right? So we, right. we absorb everything that we're hearing and seeing and observing around us. So it may have come from our parents, our siblings, other figures of authority like teachers, that kind of thing. And there's no blame here at all. The reason I sort of ask, you know, the reader to say where did it come from is because often you can look back and say, oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember mom and dad talking about that. I do remember that it's, you know, how they talked about that. And that, you know, like, for example, money is a big one, right, that people have limiting beliefs about. But mm-hmm. you may remember your parents sort of saying, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You've got to work really hard to get ahead. Rich people are greedy or rich people are nasty, right? And you may have absorbed that as a kid without really realizing it, and it may be your belief now in your subconscious. So here you are consciously thinking, I want to make more money, and you know ultimately I want to be a rich person, but subconsciously your belief is rich people are bad. So your subconscious is going to override your conscious desire every time. So that's why it's really important to go back and say, where did it come from, because then you can say, okay, well, is that truly my belief? Like, that may have gotten programmed in when I was eight years old, but it's really my pro- parents' belief. It's really not what I believe today. I know rich people, and I know that they're, you know, they're plenty, plenty fine. I know plenty of, you know, rich people who are good people. So why am I walking around with that? And so in identifying where it came from, you can essentially then say, hey, it's not my belief. It's not what I believe anymore. It doesn't have to be that way. And now I can release it. Even though I've had it running around in my subconscious for decades for some people, I can basically look at it and say, nope, wasn't mine, never really was, and I'm able to release that now. And then the final piece, of course, is once you release that, it's replacing it with a belief that truly works for you, right? So mm-hmm. let's say with money, you know, you may be, you know, you have the subconscious belief like, I never have enough money, no matter what I do, no matter how hard I work. Well, you want to replace that with something that's more positive, but You've got to be careful with what it is. So you, can't, you probably can't jump from that mindset of, like, I never have enough money to, oh, I have plenty of money for everything I want and need. Like, that's too far of a stretch, right? Because your subconscious will come in again and say, no, sorry, that's not the reality. We're not buying that, and we're back to our original belief. But you can tweak those new beliefs, right? So you can say, okay, that's too much of a stretch, but maybe I can say basically I'm in the process of creating enough money for the things I need. And that can become a much more manageable belief that you can then start to essentially reprogram in, right? And just the mere fact of saying, I'm in the process of, it kind of takes the wind out of the sails of resistance, right? It sort of takes that oomph out of it. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I am. You know, I'm working. I'm doing these things. I'm in the process of creating this. And then having enough money for the things I need that's that's something I can get behind, right? So you've got to be really able to embrace whatever that new belief is that's coming in. Because if you don't, if you're resistant to it, then you're basically back to square one, right? You're undermining all the great effort you've made up to that point. So, I mean, those are sort of the basic stepping stones of the process. But anyone can do this you just have to sort of work through it, right? It's not just about reading it once and going, oh, yeah, well, that kind of makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. that'll work. You do have to sort of do that inner work, right? You do have to put in the time and really identify and then release and then pick the new beliefs that work for you and start that reprogramming. Great. Absolutely.
2: So it, 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 it kind of sounds to me like you're you're talking about the law of attraction. and That's, that's a concept that I really kind of struggle to grasp, the real understanding of because to me it seems like if it was that easy, that everybody would be walking around you know manifesting everything that they want, but that's not the case. You know, it's a lot of people who are who are miserable and poor. So can you explain to me how that all works?
6: Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because there really is, I think, a common misconception about the law of attraction. I mean, you know, many people do wonder why they don't attract what they want, even though they may be thinking about it a lot, right? But there's actually more to it than just, you know, you think about it, you place your energy on it, and then you – expect it's just going to appear, hey, presto, in your lap, right? I mean, first off, we have to be very clear about what it is we want to attract. And what I mean by that is giving it details and specifics, right? So if I say, well, I want to attract an energy-efficient vehicle. Well, okay, that's not specific enough because the universe could respond by giving me a little moped when what Mm -hmm. I really want is a brand-new spanking four-door Prius right? Yeah, I mean, now you right, have to get right. specific, right? You've got to put details around what it is you want, right? Then we have to make sure our subconscious programming is on board with what our conscious mind is asking for. Like just what I was saying um, in the in the previous example, if what you want is to generate more money and you really want to sort of, you know, get to that place where you feel that you are rich and you are wealthy and you are abundant, If subconsciously you have limiting beliefs that basically say you're not worthy of that, you don't deserve it, or, you know, being rich is a bad thing, guess what? Ain't going to happen. That subconscious has got to be aligned with the conscious. So there may be some reprogramming that has to happen, right, to make sure that those two are aligned. And next we have to be in an allowing space, open to receive what we're asking for in whatever form it might take. And what I mean by that is not being attached to any single outcome, Uh, you know, because very often we can sort of think that, oh, well, it's going to come in this particular way. Well, when we do that, we close off all the other avenues that something might come to us. And truly, we can't even imagine all the different ways that stuff can come to us. So we have to be open to receiving and and sort of being detached from the actual way that it's going to happen. And then, you know, the last thing I think is, you know, once we've done all that inner work, We also have some outer work to do. We have to take action. You know, we can think and we can meditate and we can sort of, you know, send positive vibes to this thing that we want to manifest and be in alignment with what we want until the cows come home. But unless we take action ain't nothing going to happen, right? I can't just sort of decide and do all this inner work and then sit on my couch and eat bonbons. I actually have to take steps to make it happen. And so I always tell people, you know, what is one thing I can do today to take a step towards my dream? So there is a little bit more to the law of attraction than just think of an item or something you want in your life, place your energy on it, and hey, presto, it's going to happen. There are several more steps to it. And I think... Many people don't realize that there are all those different steps, and, of course, that's why you see some people are crushing it with it, right? They know how to make it work, and other people are just being so frustrated because they're probably missing one of those steps along the way.
4: Yes, and that is so funny because that person was me. I used to do a daily affirmation because I wanted to, and the only thing I did get from my positive affirmations or my law of attraction was, I learned to be – I got a, a very great sense of gratitude, I and mean, it's crazy how grateful that I can be about small things, but um, I do like the part when you said that you have to – you have to do something, too. You just can't sit and wait for it to, or will for it to come to you. Um, so what are three great tips that you will offer to start getting getting some forward uh, momentum in someone's life if they are stuck?
6: Yeah, so number one, hit the pause button, right? You are probably moving in a direction you don't like. So first we have to stop the movement towards that, right? It's like turning a ship around. You can't just turn it. You've got to slow down. you got to get to a certain speed, and then you can start turning it around. So just step back from your situation, and almost like a neutral observer, assess the situation for what it is and accept it. And that might sound a little counterintuitive because you're saying, "Uh, gee, Alex, I don't like it. Why should I accept it? I'm just, what am I, just giving up? I'm resigning? No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that just accept it for what it is right now, okay, because when you keep pushing against something, when you keep hating on it and saying, "I absolutely, I just can't stand where I'm at right now. I just hate it, right? You're essentially locking it into place because you're sending it so much energy. And it's almost like when you go to the gym and you lift weights, you're doing resistance training. Well, you're strengthening your muscles. So when you are resisting where you're at, you're essentially strengthening the situation. So you've got to just accept it for what it is, take a deep breath, And accept it, but then know, of course, that you can change it, right? And it's only when you accept it that you can actually start to change it. So that's number one. Hit that pause button and accept where you're at. Number two, start identifying what you want in life. Now, that sounds simple, but it can be very difficult for some people. Um, And a great place to start if you are struggling with that, saying, well, I don't even know what the hell I want. That's how stuck I am. So start with what you don't want because I can assure you, you can make that list. We all can make that list because we can default into that place so easily. So, And I mean make a list, write this down, right? So by examining what you don't want, making that list of what you don't want, you can now get start to get clear on what you do want, right? So look at that list and say, okay, well, if I don't want this thing in my life, What is it that I do want? And you can start to essentially use all those things on your list of what you don't want to pivot and make the list of what you do want. And what you also want to do there is when you start making that list of what you want, ask yourself why you want those things and how you want to feel when you have them. Because truthfully... All the things that we're chasing in life that we want, we think they're items, right? Like, I think I want a new house. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> but what you're really chasing is a feeling related to that. Mm-hmm. What is that feeling for you? Is it a feeling of abundance? Is it a feeling of security, of safety, of success? What is it? You've got to get in touch with that feeling of what it is you want. And then third, start paying attention to your thoughts and where you place your focus. Because what we say, think, Feel and believe inwardly. It all contributes to the outer reality we create. Realize that you hold that power to create the life you want because of where you channel your energy and thoughts. I mean, that is truly what it's all about there. So start focusing on those things that you want and how you want to feel And as you do that, you're sending your energy there, right? You're sending your energy into the positive part of what you want instead of being stuck in that what I don't want, right? So put your energy there. Start looking at that. And as you do, when you start looking at the why, why do you want it, how do you want to feel – you can also start to then look at okay how can these things become possible for me you know how can i sort of take those steps you know those and they only have to be little steps every day how can i take that step towards what i want and start creating that plan to get there um so those are really so the three Alex, things yeah
4: how important is meditation do- during this process
6: yeah well you know meditation is something that i resisted for a long time and then i finally said, okay, whatever, you know, I'll try it because I'm just, I'm open to trying whatever will work for me. And I really was amazed with the results. And I think meditation gets a bad rap because people think that it is like I'm going to sit there in a room and I, my brain's going to turn to mush and it's totally unproductive. Actually, uh-huh. it's the complete opposite. It actually helps you clear your mind and get much more focused and be able to prioritize. And so, If you're open to meditation, it can be incredibly important to this process because it can help you clear your mind and really start to get in touch with what you want and start to put those priorities around it. It also can help you open up that avenue of connecting with your true self. Uh, You know what I was saying earlier about connecting to that place inside you that actually has all the answers to the questions you have and getting Mm -hmm. quiet and being able to sort of ask those questions and listen for the answers and and have that connection with your true self. Meditation can help you do that too because it's helping you get to that quiet place. So it can be an incredibly helpful tool in all of this. And if any of your listeners are sort of feeling like, yeah, yeah, it's all that woo-woo stuff, Believe me, I was incredibly skeptical about it at the beginning, too. And I have to say, I'm a daily I'm a daily meditator now. And you don't have to do it for long. I think that's the other thing that people worry about. Oh, my God, I have to, like, sit there for, you know, an hour or two hours, you know, doing this chant or something. No, no, no. Five minutes. Start with five minutes, literally. Do five, mm-hmm. ten minutes a day. You might even work up to 15. But that is literally all the time it takes to do your meditation.
2: well well, Alex we want to thank you so much for coming on the show you have given us so much information I think whenever our host already purchased your book but um, we want to thank you how can our listeners get in, in contact with you and follow you
6: yeah, absolutely. So the the book, first of all, the book, From Chaos to Clarity, Getting Unstuck, and Creating a Life You Love, it's available on Amazon, any which way you like it, in Kindle, paperback, and audio. And if anybody wants to get in contact with me, because I do coaching and I speak as well um, oh, wow. to organizations, okay. um, they can contact me through my website, which is alexbrady.com, that's spelled A-L-E-X-B-R-A-T-T-Y, Dot com And as a special offer to your listeners, um, I'm also offering a free 20-minute consult uh, to anyone out there who's feeling like they're stuck or they're burned out or they're just, like, anxious about where they're at and they're trying to get their life to move in a new way. Um, I am open to that. So it's an offer to your listeners as part of my book tour. Um, and you can just get in contact with me at my website, com to take advantage of that offer.
2: Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much, and we hope that you'll come back on in the future.
6: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you.
2: Thank you. you. Have a good Thank evening. you so much. Bye-bye. That was a lot of good information.
4: I took notes. Absolutely. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah, I took a lot of notes. So um, wow. what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then we're coming back. We have a few more topics that we're going to talk about. But you're listening to Let's Face It, and we'll be right back.
4: This is not King Cole Wishing you all a happy And a
3: Merry Christmas The joy of living Is in the giving So let's give lots Of toys for tots Toys, toys, toys for tots
4: Some have too many Some haven't any If those who have Give those
3: who haven't Oh, what a Christmas day. The Marine
4: Reserve will help you, will help you fill your sleigh with lots and lots of Toys for Tots. So give a little toy today.
3: Since 1947, the United States Marine Corps has been helping Santa fill his sleigh, making happier holidays for deserving children
4: right in your community.
3: Go to toysfortots.org and learn how you can make
2: a difference.
1: To fasten your seat belt, insert the metal fittings, and tighten the strap. And in the event of a sudden rush of cabin generosity, your seat cushion can be used to grant wishes. How? By donating your airline miles to Make-A-Wish. Why? Because your frequent flyer account is stuffed as fat as your carry-on. And just like the workout clothes you packed, you're never going to use all those miles. But if you donate some to Make-A-Wish, you can give wishes wings and put sick kids right where you're sitting now. No, not in seats to Newark. Seats to Fun family places, breaks from treatments and doctor visits and hospital stays, wishes to feel better and lots of times get better too. Push your call buttons if you feel me. All righty, that well, once we reach cruising altitude, you can use your electronic device to make your pledge of miles or money to Make a Wish at givewisheswings.org. That's givewisheswings.org. And then move about the cabin with pride, knowing that you've made a huge difference in the life of a Make a Wish kid because wishes work wonders, people. Hello,
3: Let's Face the Family.
0: This is Alicia Brown, the Joy Guru. It's been a while since we've talked. Well, of course, you listen to me every Sunday. But it's been a while since I've been able to chat and tell you what I'm up to. As of late, I've been so busy with Alicia Brown, LLC, and working with clients to help them write their stories, share their testimonies, and create platforms that will transform the world as well as their financial wealth. Now it's your turn. You do have a voice, and it deserves to be heard. And I know there's so many media events and news stories that enrage you, and you could talk for days about it. So join me at thejoyguru.net and find out how to write your story, share your wisdom, and increase your wealth. The only thing we're waiting on is you, and get started today, because greatness awaits you. Thejoyguru.net. Welcome back to Let's
3: <laughs> and you know we did receive
0: a message. Who in the world is singing? <laughs> okay, I'm back. Right. <laughs> you know what? I can't with y'all. Y'all be cut up. <laughs> I didn't caught
4: up in the music. The commercials are just
0: <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I can't with him right now. <laughs> but we did receive a message from Mark Johnson. He did thank us for our advice. He going to hold on to see what the end is going to be. Praise the Lord. Thank you. But, um, you know, we're always at Let's Face It dedicated to bring awareness of the things that need to be addressed in our community. And I just, there was a weird twist in the media this week that I just thought was so ridiculously funny yeah well it didn't start out that way but this week many were outraged over the supreme court justice uh Scalia's comments on affirmative action in the education system um i want to go ahead and play this clip um from MSNBC Meet the Press this morning um and you'll see exactly what i mean play with felt a certain way over the justice statement and what he had said. But interestingly enough, the one person that was all too ready to provide commentary on the case was Donald Trump. I know, I know.
3: His comment
0: was, and I quote, I thought it was very tough to the African-American community. I don't like what he said. And, you know, isn't it ironic that the same man one week ago who is speaking against the entire Muslim community, all of a sudden wants to criticize someone else for their comments on black people.
2: Just learned his lesson. Weird... Yeah. No, I
0: don't think he has.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he I, said I, can't I make that mistake
0: again. Well, no, 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 no. I just think that, you know, he looked at it as an opportunity, to stand up for those people that he's trying to get the vote from. Because also in that interview he said, um, you know, he took his little dig at President Obama, talking about how Obama has done nothing for the black community. Um, and, you know, how Donald Trump, you know, he, he's friends with many people in the black community. And I'm just like, really? Friends? <laughs> that? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That was my um, first thought. You are? Oh, Okay. Oh, all right, ain't that nice, but, um, yeah, so you we know, can it's just beautiful how you can switch sides
5: so quickly, you know, yeah yeah i'm I'm just like, okay, ignorance is bliss these days.
4: Because we just have
5: so many people on t v sharing their ignorance like it's fact and it's truth, mhm. And I can't believe in 2015 Donald Trump is running for president. What Girl, what? I feel like I'm dreaming, and eventually I'm going to wake up. It <laughs> don't seem see like it, though. All. It's ridiculous. How do we get from President Obama mm. to Donald Trump? And I could go on and on and on and on about our lovely Supreme Court justice and how he Girl. feels about us. Our black folks, we're not that smart. We're not that smart, and 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 um, how I know so many black people who have been successful in these challenging schools that he speaks of, who who leave and and get positions of authority, and they can speak well, and and it's just amazing. And I just know the exception to the rule. I'm I'm assuming, you know, based on him, you know, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um. I just can't believe in 2015 that that this is on the airwaves and individuals feel comfortable enough to share their racist, ignorant beliefs Mm-hmm. on a platform well, you, like the media. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm gonna calm down. Who's oh no, you're good. Ahead?
0: But you know Keep what? Calm. I'll give I'll give him credit for this, not Donald Trump, Scalia. I'll give him credit for this. Is that and I don't know if it's courtesy of a good um, branding person or publicist. Or just you want to now flip it. I love how it said, you know, well, no, you know, some are saying that he is sharing a viewpoint of some. He didn't say he believed that, but he said that some felt, you know, so that wasn't necessarily his opinion. I love that part. I'm like, huh, what? Okay. And you thought people, bought that, okay, never
5: mind. Yeah, apparently we're all stupid, basically. <clears throat> Especially if you're black. Okay, so I have another another interesting topic that's been in the news, and uh, me and my twin sister were having a discussion about this as well. And you know, Steph Curry's wife is getting a whole yeah. lot of backlash because she made some comments about um, dressing modestly, and I um, yeah, yeah. So uh, she tweeted about the importance of dressing modestly. And it didn't sit well with many on social media. What she said is, everyone's in, into barely wearing clothes these days, huh? Not my style. I like to keep my good stuff covered up for the one who matters. So that was her comment. She got a whole lot of different backlash about it. Do you agree with her statement, or do you feel that she should have kept her opinion off of social media? <sighs> Mm-hmm. I agree with
4: her. Mm-hmm. I I totally why? Agree. I agree. Why? Please. I, I I I I I had this issue, issue with exposing all of your secrets to social media cuz I just think I don't I don't even care if you're married or if you're single. I just think some things should be left to the imagination or should be left to the bedroom. Why do I have to show you all of my good stuff just to break the internet? Because I know I would break the internet. You know, if I posted anything, if I posted any of this, all of oh this, come on now, all of, oh all my of this,
2: my Jesus. have you
4: seen it? But you all have Be, seen it on Jesus. Facebook, all of it. Can you imagine me posting oh, this on Facebook? Oh, God. I would, the, oh, me. I would have the pastors coming out the pulpit. I can't oh. do that. And I mean, I want, I want to, I want to, su- I want to surprise my mate. I don't want to be like, oh, I seen that, boo something else, because they're gonna get bored with that. You know, we have to, we we have to learn how to have some self respect. If you're showing your body for art, or if you're getting paid for it, Kim, Kim Kardashian got paid. You know, all these other people are just doing it for free, mm-hmm. and some people do it because they don't, they have no self esteem and they Come want on. the likes and they and they want they want the attention because they don't think that they are what good enough they're still stuck
0: you better okay. all preach bro
4: they're still stuck so at the end of the day I don't have to do all that just to get your attention and if I need to do that then we need to go back to the drawing board now that mm-hmm. works for some it don't work for me mm-hmm.
2: well for mm-hmm. me I disagree I disagree with
3: okay.
2: it um I think that they're if you have it, you can flaunt it. I do think that just because they have things in your size does not mean that you have to wear it. Um, people who take care, like my first lady, she can wear anything. She she's gorgeous. She takes care of her body. She does it tastefully, um, and she flaunts her shape. I think the comment that she said, she didn't say that they're walking around naked. She says barely wearing clothes. There are a lot of fashionable clothes that you know, given if you're if you're confident, you're toned, you can wear it. Wear it. I don't think that that. Um, I agree. You know, if if they're showing see through, you know, the nipples and their private parts are all exposed like that. But things that show your hard work, I don't have a problem with that at all. You know, I don't well, think you reflect low self esteem. Mm-hmm. Well, now, I think the yeah. ones who shouldn't have it on, they shouldn't have it on. It's nasty, and they are hindrance to society, and they should stop that. But what you
0: know, I
2: think mean.
3: You
0: so no, I was going to say, to me, that's not really the issue. What my issue was is the backlash she got from what she said.
2: You know? Well, lit- no, lit- I just think sense. it's similar to the comment. I mean, a lot of people cannot respect that other people have different um ways of looking at things or different values or whatever right. you want to say. Other um social media is the platform to share your opinions. She's welcome to do that all whatever she wants to say, she's welcome to do it. Whether you agree with it or not, that's a personal thing. Exactly. And, I, and yeah.
0: to me that was just crazy. I mean we live in yeah. an age where, you know, you want to talk about all the issues with our youth and their mm-hmm. over sex and, you know, all these mm-hmm. negative images and blah, 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 blah. But then when someone says something about modesty, then you mm-hmm. go and bash them. I mean, that's yeah. her opinion. Social media, what is it? It's social. So if she wants to post that, I mean, and for her, if she wants to cover up um, what she's role. showing for her husband, oh, she's very attractive. Um, If she wants to, you know, reserve that for her husband, I say kudos to you. And, you know, I think she's part of that trend. You know, like we've had a couple celebrities in sports who have made that vow of I'm not going to have sex before marriage or I'm going to live godly before, you know, the Lord. And people just bash them for that too. It's like, you know, if someone has um, something that doesn't agree with the go with the flow and people just bash them on social media, it's crazy.
4: Yeah. You know, well, I'm not gonna bash, I'm not gonna bash the ones that want to be nude on, on social media. I just unfollow them, and I just I just don't want to see that on my timeline. I just I just I mean, and I've had to unfriend, I've had to unfollow particular people because of this particular subject, and you know, and, and it takes me back to the whole age awareness thing. You know, there was a particular mm. guy who's a photographer. Who you know he was promoting this whole AIDS awareness, and he had a friend who is HIV positive, and so he he shoots a a, a session with him of him completely nude, mm. and he has on the front the naked truth. Would you still date me if I was HIV positive? If you knew I was HIV mm. positive, and and the responses were yes, hell yes, hell yes, because he had a nice body and he was completely naked. So therefore they were not even paying attention to the fact he was HIV positive or right. what was going on with or what was going on with him internally. They just were visual. They're just all about the visual aspect. But what about the bigger picture? This man has a lot going on. Are you still gonna be able to handle that? As a lover, can you handle that? Can you can you be able to travel down that road and say, Listen, you yeah, you fine but also, can I take on this burden that you're carrying as well? I want to share this load with you. Many would not be able to do that. They're just psyched by the body. And once that, once pretty fades, what do they do? Go on to the next.
2: Mm. Well, go ahead. Jay, you have a lot of anger tonight. Are you, are you okay? okay.
4: <laughs> no, it's not. It's, you know what, Will? I hate when you say that to me because I get
2: upset. <laughs> I hate when you I, say well, that. Well, I don't you care. You get upset now. I'm just saying you're talking about is there a way, is there something that you would prefer them to say by looking at them and saying that they were
4: okay no, with it? I, no, I am just passionate about people just being themselves. Cool. I just want you to get to know who you are and stop exposing yourself, belittling who you are, removing your character just to please others. I don't like that. Mm. It upsets me. And, it, and it, makes hard, it makes it hard for people like me who's walking in my truth because they expect me to be that way. I doubt that. Mm. That won't happen, boo. Oh, I think
2: I, that's, that's, I okay. okay well, I can respect the decision, add. but I just don't think that just because his body is like that, he wants to show sure, it. Don't hate on him at all. I, Get yours like that if you feel that I'm, way. I'm,
4: I'm, I'm, I, no, not hating on him at all. I, it, actually, the picture had nothing to do with him. I actually was moved, I was moved by the whole movement. It was a comment. And I mean, some of them got nasty. And I was like, oh my God, did y'all totally forget that this is HIV awareness? What are you doing? Anyway, well,
2: I'm not. Know. I'm
4: not angry. I am passionate. Take
2: that back. <laughs> they sound similar tonight. Okay, go ahead.
5: <laughs> I I just want to say, and I, oh, I appreciate Lord. if she wants to wear clothes and cover up for her husband. Learn that then we make a message that I am better than you because, and it's to each his own. If you're an adult. And it's similar to what Will is saying. If you want to wear whatever, I am comfortable with you expressing yourself however you like to each his own. And I am not going to say that because you are not dressed traditionally that it's not appropriate. That might be appropriate for you. And what's appropriate for Danielle is different from what's appropriate for Alicia. So Mm -hmm. I, I am concerned that... Sometimes in speaking our opinion, it sometimes comes off as I am better than. And I'm hoping that that was not the approach she was taking. And she was just saying, in my experience, this is what works for me. Because it could have been better received if it didn't come off that way. Um, Because you should be able to wear whatever you want to wear, period. And it might not be about low self-esteem. And there are people who dress a certain way.
3: Mm -hmm. Because of
5: those issues So I'm not saying that everyone But there are also other women who dress that way Because I work hard for this body And I'm showing it off And my husband is glad that I'm showing it off He he is proud to Walk around with me So it's a fine line Between what is your experience And are you shaming Someone else and their experience And I don't ever want to do that Well you know Well
0: that's gonna be up for interpretation, because mm-hmm. that's what happened. I mean, some people will say that she was shaming and thought she was better than, them, and other people will say that she's just expressing her opinion. Mm.
4: Well, I, I just think it, it. I just think it was interpreted wrongfully. I don't really think that she meant to say that. And like I said, some people may look at it as oh, she thought she was better than others. And you probably could think the same thing by me stating, I don't want to show my body off. It's not that. It's just all about my personal space and how I want to surround myself and how I I, I view myself. And maybe that's just how she felt. Maybe that's just how she felt at the moment. Maybe she felt like she was encouraging younger girls that you don't have to show your body just to get attention. Now, if you're happy with who you are and you're confident about it, show it off and flaunt it. You know,
5: but just as long as
0: you're doing it for yourself and
4: not for others. I agree. Well, Well, here's one
0: where we definitely want everybody's opinion. Masterclass.com gives you access to, quote, unquote, gives you access to genius. The website offers classes from the best in the business. Paid viewers can learn the art of performance from Usher. Tennis lessons from Serena Williams and acting lessons from Dustin Hoffman and Kevin Spacey. And they're working to add even more celebrities um, to that website. Again, that's masterclass.com. So the question is, if you were asked to teach a master class, what would it be?
5: A master class? Mm. i got to think about it. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, um. Oh, my, I can't believe you are quiet.
3: Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> that's a tough one. A master I, 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 class?
4: I think, I think I would teach a master class of just being authentically you, walking into truth of just being authentically you, you know. Yeah. And I would definitely have each and every one of them to bring a picture of, a, a baby picture of themselves and ask them, mm. what would you tell that young child? What would you tell that four-year-old or that five-year-old? Because I have a picture of me when I was four next to my bed. And I think that child went through a lot. So, you know, and he was not told some of the things that he needed to embark the journey of adulthood. He learned the hard way. Um, And my story may not be as bad as others, but however, you know, I think maybe if some things were told to me, maybe my choices or my decision-making or maybe even how I view myself or how I approach life would be totally different. But I think that would be something that I would do, you know, teach a master class on just being you and not giving a damn. Oh, all right,
0: That's
4: a nice title right there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you do write that mm. one down. I like
0: that. Mm.
5: I, I, I tend to run away from words like expert and master because I think I'm the only expert of Danielle. Hello. I, I, um, mm. So I, I, I'm not really comfortable with saying I would teach a master class on anything. I think we all bring wisdom to the table. Um, so maybe my class would just be um, about me because I'm the master of Danielle. No one else can master me better than I can. I, I can't can't come up with anything else that would work for this one. So y'all got me on this.
0: Oh, fuck.
5: Nate
1: Will? I'm
2: trying to think. I think it would probably be something like unbreakable or how to <laughs> overcome things. Come on, son. pretty much been my thing, overcoming. Uh Mm-hmm. Getting through situations.
4: Uh Mm-hmm.
2: Nathaniel, what about you?
4: Mine would probably be something like, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead on Nathaniel. No, I already said mine. Go ahead. The floor is yours. red carpet out.
0: There you go. Okay, right there. Okay. Oh, Father.
6: I don't, I don't I don't
4: think I would be a master class teacher. I think nobody would want to hear from me in a master. Oh, that's class. not true. <laughs> <laughs> that is so not true. Maybe
3: I but think but, or, Nate, but Nate, I think you, know, but. Nate, I
4: think you Nate, but I think you have a story. I think you I think you are a master in something. I think you just need to mm-hmm. overcome that and just speak it. Someone needs to know that. to help somebody. Mhm. Mm -hmm. Come on, I'm waiting I'll be the first first one in that class I will be the first one to register I promise to God I would That would be something So we could (laughs) sit down one-on-one You know what, that would even be better One-on-one I don't Mm. want even no one else in the room So we don't have no Mm. interruption
5: Wow Okay
0: right, I'll go with mine then I'll go with mine um, I guess it would really be what my platform is about, um, how to thrive instead of just surviving. Um, I think it's really pressed upon me as well as, you know, whoever I speak to, um, the importance of we overcome things. And if you've really survived trauma of any kind, abuse of any kind, you know, sometimes you're stuck on that survival mode and you don't realize, you know, it's a difference when it's a fight-or-flight situation. After you fought and you've won, now you have to learn how to live. And as simple as that sounds, it's not for a lot of people. So they're still operating like, I still got to fight. I still got to put up a defense. I'm still in a battle. And sometimes the battle is no longer the situation. The battle is the one emotionally and mentally within um, so that would probably be my, my class. And of course, when you say master class, there's going to be several lessons, several everything, because that's not an overnight process. Um, but yes, that, you know, there is life after what you survive and you have to make that transition where it's not just, you know, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I have to fight, I have to defend myself. No, you have to learn how to relax and be able to breathe. And then what does my new normal look like? You know, how do I pick up the pieces? How do I recapture life? So that that would probably be my theme. That would be my theme. But I think um, Jay has a viewer's
5: question. Yes, I do. So
4: from this particular viewer, they, okay, so let me, I'm going to try to get into my animated voice so that, you know, this is coming from them. Okay, so I'm watching The View. Jesse Smollett, the guy that plays Jamal from Empire. Is yes. There. Okay? And he is the first openly gay spokesperson for Pepsi. He seems so happy now that he's living in his truth. So the question I have for you all, do you think it is best for, is it's best if we have aspirations in the public eye on that level to live authentically and not true? And then not try to be ambiguous about your sexuality. Mm. A lot.
0: I made comments on this earlier in the week. Um, I, I am a person, I've said it several times on the show, your privacy is your privacy. You're in the public eye, this is true. Things, depending on what they are, like any person, it's a chance things could come out. Maybe there's some parts of your life, your past, that you don't want to talk about. But that doesn't mean I have to tell you every single thing about my past and my life. Um, so, like, with Jussie Smollett, I, you know, I remember with the Malik Yoba situation, or however you say his last name, where he sort of outed him, and I guess that's where a lot of stuff came out later, where he actually said it. Because I don't remember any time in his past acting history where he ever said he was gay. Um, I could be wrong.
4: Well, well, I, I think I think it. He has played some, 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 I guess, some funny roles. You know, his past yeah. acting career. have. He's been in some strange videos, movies, so I, you know, automatically when an actor or an actress plays a gay role they automatically are stuck with that stigma, oh you must be gay because you played that role too well, mm-hmm. so I mean, you know I, you know, but I, I just I, I truly do believe that as a celebrity I hate to say this, but when you sign up for this fame, you sign up with all the BS that comes along with it, so anything that's from your past that you think is in your past, trust me, somebody from your past is going to remind the media that you are trying to forget about it, but they're going to keep it relevant. So if anybody knows that you're gay, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. So it's just like somebody telling a, a singer or an actor or actress, you you know, you can't be gay anymore. You have to be straight now. But how can you put a person back in the closet when they were already out and living an open life? I don't know what he was living, if he was living an openly you know, gay life at that time, but you know that you know it's out. He doesn't talk about it much, which I love. I love that he is yeah. that. The, he is not the spokesperson to the homosexual. I love Thank it. Thank you, Jesus. I love <laughs> it because I, I, I mean, I, why would I want to be the spokesperson? We are all not the same, honey. Trust me. Yes. We are, we're, 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 we are all not the same. We, we don't all talk the same. We don't walk the same. We don't date the same men. We I mean, mm. all of we're different. It's just it's just an orientation. We're all still individuals, but I hate when they always put the stigma on gay men that we're all alike. No, we all come in different shapes, sizes, forms, and we like different things and we have different tastes, trust me. And Jesse Smollett is a a great actor. Great singer sometimes. Um so.
5: Good looking fine.
4: Hallelujah. Oh, I'm
5: sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> When I think about it, um, I was watching this documentary yesterday on Nina Simone, and she in that documentary was talking about her sexuality and and the way that she she liked multiple partners. And at that time, that wasn't oh. something that you could really um, address. It, it didn't look right.
0: Uh, no. So
5: <laughs> I think we are evolving, but just as much as we are evolving, we still have our issues. And I hope that at some point we get to a space where people are comfortable being themselves and their sexuality and their religion and whatever their whatever that is and that they can excel and love people without being concerned well how am I being perceived now and how is this gonna affect my career now? And and I'm hopelessly dreaming that at some space we will get there but we aren't there yet, unfortunately. So we ain't gonna be there for a minute either. I,
0: think I still say I don't hard. think it's none of your business. We don't ask this of it's heterosexual not, people.
4: It's not. It's not none of your business. I don't think we it's ask hard.
5: of it, but it's it's okay. So, it, it, because we allow a heterosexual couple to walk and hold hands and kiss, and you might not get that same side eye. As if you mm-hmm. see a different kind of relationship So I think, yeah, we do allow it But we if you're a heterosexual You have the freedom of expressing it Without being concerned about how it's being perceived So I think that there's still a problem there Just don't mm. tell nobody nothing
4: Nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, well, again. Again. nothing.
2: Who'd you say?
4: I don't I don't ask any questions, but I side-eye public affection. I, I don't care if you're straight or not. I don't do all that public so, Thank you.
5: There
0: don't is don't be touching
4: me. A little sneak feel. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't be doing all of that tongue-in while you're in the aisle, and I'm trying to get Ooh. my bread. Girl, don't be doing all that. I don't care if you're gay or straight. I don't want to see that. i over here. Do you know... I will say this,
0: it's going to be a very interesting week next week Because next week's show, what we're actually going to do Is have personal interviews with each cast member So the things you think you know about us, if you follow the show If you follow our media platforms And you're going to learn a lot of things that you probably do not know so if you can imagine from tonight's conversation, how interesting next week is going to be.
2: Yes. Exactly. So you definitely don't want to miss it. And also on December the twenty, I believe it's the twenty seventh, which is our after mm-hmm. Christmas and New Year's show. Make sure that you tune in for that. We have a lot of things planned for that. Does anybody have anything they want to say before we log off? Before I guess.
5: Hey love, and blessings.
2: Um, Some good stories to tell you about Alicia getting drunk for the party next weekend as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See that's why you you don't let no cameras and no recordings in. That's why you do that. Mm -hmm. You
5: said
0: we were doing periscope. You said we were doing periscope, didn't? Well, no, I'm Judge uh, Justice Scalia. Don't don't have (laughs) no tape recordings. Don't have no nothing. So no no periscope. Thank you. But listen, but listen,
4: periscope periscope deletes after a while, so no one will see that again. Yeah,
0: but you got forty-eight hours for delete
2: boo boo. Well, that's enough that's time. To mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you know so I will really be next rule week. With you on uh-huh. <laughs> I will, but have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and friends. We ask that you visit www.let'sfaceitradio.com. For up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting, interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.